This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Hello fellow Fox fans, how are we doing? It's Tuesday, it's 7.30, it must be the preview show because tomorrow we got a little matter of this. It is, and I, I don't know about you, I'm totally confused. I was looking forward to a week off this week with no European football, but the Premier League have slipped a little another game in there. Um, we've got Everton coming up. One thing I do know is this is what you're doing. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Leicester Till I Die, now available on Spotify. Mm. 
other podcasts are available, as they say. So it is. It's Everton tomorrow. Um, one of the pre-season favourites, new manager in, with a lot of experience, even in the Premier League. Uh, some good signings, started off well. So how are you feeling? Nervous? Confident? We'll find out how my chat chum Craig feels in just a second. But just a reminder, if you are watching us, you can watch us live on YouTube, which is Leicester Till I Die TV. You can watch us on Periscope Twitter, which is at Leicester TID. And, of course, Facebook is the Leicester Till I Die group. And I keep asking every week, if you do want to, or if you are watching on Facebook, we want your comments really, I mean, that's, the whole part of the show is we want to hear what you think about uh, the top topics we're talking about. If you click on that StreamYard link in the Facebook group, just means we can see you. It'll bring your Facebook details up. doesn't cost. You don't have to register. It's very easy. It just helps me out. And I know you really want to help me out, don't you? <laughs> and if you don't want to watch me, but you'd sooner listen to me and can't blame me for that, catch up with us later on your favorite podcast. Like I said before, Spotify, as mentioned, but we're also on Google. We're on Apple iTunes and we're on Anchor, all under Leicester Till I Die. Anyway, it is Tuesday. It is the preview show. And what I'm going to do is bring my chat chum Craig in and he can tell us how he's feeling about tomorrow night. Let's bring him in. Craig, a good Craig. evening Hello, to you. Everyone. How are you doing? Good, I'm good. I'm fine, um, mate. I'm fine. You? You, Looking, um, you're looking particularly uh, festive there. You look, uh, you look to me like you're about. To, as soon as we finish here, you're going to snuggle up on the sofa, get yourself a little, uh, a little bit of Bailey's, and watch a Christmas movie. Am I right? Bailey's, Bailey's. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, well, we're only ten days off. I mean, in ten days' time will be Christmas Eve. In fact, no, won't it be, yeah, it'll be Christmas Eve because 11 days' time it's going to be Christmas Day. Have you got your turfy? turfy? Have you got your turkey? <laughs> Have you been on the Baileys already? <laughs> I wish. Honestly, put it in a mug and it looks like coffee. <laughs> there we go. Well, you got to. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there'll be something that I can shove in the oven later. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should quickly move on. Everton tomorrow. Yeah, Everton tomorrow. I'm feeling a lot more confident after uh, the performance on um, the weekend. How, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, fe I'm feeling confident as well. Um, I think it was nice to see um, Brendan switch the formation when he realised it wasn't working rather than, than waiting. Mm. You know, it took 20 minutes, saw that we needed to make a change and uh, and did it which was great. Um, Everton have dropped off a little bit from what I've seen of them. Um, Rodriguez has, uh, has picked up injuries now and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure he'll be rushing himself back, to be honest. He, he, he looked like he was losing interest um, fairly quickly. And um, what was the, the biggest uh, surprise for me, and, and I'm really pleased to see it, we saw it against... Um, Athens, and then it carried on into that Brighton game, was the fact that we seemed to have ditched the zonal marking at corners, and we were doing yeah. short corners. I mean, um, the, clearly the, the, they've taken on all the criticism and, uh, and done something about it. I think Brendan watches the show. I think, uh, I think, I think even, I think even more so is the fact that we, when we did do the odd long corner, because it was a minute into the game, we got our first corner, and thought, right, I'm watching, I've got my notepad ready, and. Uh, I, 
I think it was under that took it straight over into the box, got it past first man, yeah. and I, I fell on the floor. But uh, <laughs> I was, it, it's really confusing because, like I say, I've actually done the opposition view for tomorrow with the uh, Everton fan. Um, it's on the YouTube page, uh, let's say, Leicester Valley TV, if you want to catch up on it. Um, they're, they're a bit concerned about where it's gone, but that's, that's I've already done that. But we have got them on, uh, on Sunday. Um, it's a 6 p.m. kickoff, so it might finish in time for me to watch Antiques Roadshow. And it's on the old Amazon Prime again. Um, Everton, and, I mean, and, uh, this I was just going to say, Chris. For, for anybody who who just hangs on your every word, um, it's not Sunday. It is Wednesday. I think Chris is uh, Chris is getting so used to us playing on a Sunday now that um, look, I put Wednesday there. It, look, it's Wednesday. You put it. You put it there. But people just listen to every word you say, Chris. That's it. You know you what, you put what, postings what up. What did I say before I understand. came on? What sort What sort of exactly. day have I had? <laughs> not a good one. I wish this was a bloody Bailey's, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'll Wednesday. be more polite, use more polite language. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> a great day for you. It was not. I've I've definitely had had better on it, but I might just I might just I haven't got any uh, Baileys. I've got some Jack Daniels, might have a bit of that afterwards. Um That's I was <laughs> I was talking to the uh, to the Everton fan, and uh, I mean they they were very very you know optimistic about the uh, about the season. I mean you know you get a manager like Ancelotti in, and they may you know a bit like ourselves didn't sort of go mad, but they bought really really well. And um, but yes, they they have sort of teetered off a little bit, haven't they? They have, and I'm not sure I'm not sure. What it is, they lost Richarlison for uh, for two or three games, I think, when he got himself uh, sent off and suspended. As I say, Rodriguez um, uh, has picked up injuries. Dean, yeah, uh, has been out and isn't due back, I think, for at least another month. Seamus Coleman. So very much like us, they lost both fullbacks. I think what it shows is that we have a bit more strength in depth than uh, than a club like Everton do, which uh, which is great testament to us. And the job that we've done in terms of building a squad, because they're they're uh, the people they've brought in are, are clearly not as strong as their first teamers. I think we need to get some of our players back, though. I mean, you know, as you said, I was actually on Talk Sport um, at the weekend um, ahead of the Brighton game, and they brought up the fact, you know, Fuchs actually looked sort of dead dead on his legs at some parts of you know the games that we played recently. They've done really, really well. You know, the players that have come mm. in, we can't deny it, you know, with all the injuries and we're still sitting there fourth in the league and, you know, top of the group and through for the uh, for Europe. But it can't go on. You know, these players, Morgan, Fuchs, they're not designed to play in as many, well, not designed, but, you know, they're not that age now where they can play two or three, you know, two games a week and they were playing two, two games a season before. Yeah, and I, and I think um doesn't help, obviously, with having Evans uh, suspended, um, mm. he, he picks up far too many silly bookings for me. You know, he goes in for challenges where he's never going to win the ball, and he's experienced enough to know for me that um, we're a bit light on defenders at the moment in terms of injuries. He also knows that he's on four bookings, and we've got some games coming up. For me, he's got to be a bit more uh use his experience a little bit more and try and avoid bookings you know because i know we with the referees we have it doesn't 
no matter what happens, you know, you can do the same tackle someone did five seconds before, not get booked, and then you'd get booked. But um, I think he needed to try and get himself through that game. But, you know, it is what it is. It gives one of the youngsters like Morgan a chance, I guess. <laughs> hey, get your, get your boots on, Craig. Get your boots on. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, that, we're doing that. Looking at sort of... Um, our history, and you know I always bring these up. I love my stats. Uh, total games played, we've played 113 all in all in our um, equivalent histories. Pretty close there. We, you know, we've won 38, they've won 43. You know, nobody's really got bragging rights, have they? Definitely not. And I think over recent years, you know, it's been a bit topsy-turvy. Um, obviously, they've had uh, many more years of success than we've had. Um, but no, that's not a bad record. Only five more wins than we've got, and uh, and I think we've probably turned that around a little bit more over the previous uh, few seasons. So, and and as I say, I'm, I'm confident going into this game. Um, it looks like we're getting some, we are getting some players back, but we're also getting players who look a little bit more confident as well. Uh, confident. It was interesting to hear that um, uh, Rogers has been spending a lot of time with Madison, uh, sort of one to ones, and. Uh, and we got a much better performance out of Madison uh, against Brighton. Yeah. It looked more like his old self, wanting to get on the ball and, and basically show off a little bit. Um, mm. So it'd be good to have a, a really confident uh, Madison back and, uh, and pushing himself forward towards that English squad again. I can see Madison is going to be one of those annoying, I say annoying, but yeah, I'm going to say annoying players where you play him and he's hitting corner after corner straight at the first man, free kicks are going way over, and then he produces a sublime bit of magic like he did with his goal. I mean, that goal, do you remember the Mares goal? I think it was against Chelsea or Man City. Yeah. Uh, in the championship yeah. winning team. Almost the same position, turning left, turning round play. It reminded me of that. It was a sublime goal, wasn't it? Yeah, and you knew you knew the old Madison was back when he did his knee slide and his little nod yeah. to the camera afterwards. And uh, and it was also it was interesting when he was interviewed after the game that um, he almost took umbrage with the reporter for saying that it was on his weaker foot. Uh, he, he went to great pains to point out the fact that you know he practices with both feet and he doesn't think he's got a weaker foot. But you know that's all part of the uh, the confident uh, Madison that we want to see again. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's a bit like, I mean, you know, it's just exactly the same with Vardy, you know, and people always pick up with Vardy. He doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, he has, a, you know, the least touches of any player on the pitch at half time again against Brighton. But does he need that many touches? I mean, the guy's, is it 34 now? You know, let him just have the odd touch here and there. I'd sooner him have nine touches and score a goal or two than have 20 mm -hmm. and not score at all. No, I was watching the game. Uh... And and Scott uh, Scott mentioned uh, at what point will they mention the Jamie Vardy touch map and uh, and lo and behold there it there it was again it doesn't matter does it you know Brent he does the job that Brendan wants of him which is yeah. having his touches in the areas where it counts uh, and if he has if he has three touches and he scores three goals that's fine for me yeah no no I agree and there's three points hopefully at the end of it um, last season. Um, you know, we, we beat them at the start of December just before <laughs> the wheels came off, uh, 2-1. Back in July, 
they beat us, but then, you know, Derby and Jones United could have beaten us after the lockdown. They beat us 2-1. Any memories of those games last season? Not a lot, to be honest. I do, I do remember the, uh, the the away game, watching that um, after we all came back. And again, just another of those frustrating teams. There was a team there who were almost ready and waiting to be beaten if, uh, if a half-decent Leicester had turned up after the lockdown. You know, we'd have we'd have got that uh, Champions League spot easy, uh, to be honest. But we just weren't at it, were we? And, and we allowed them to uh, to take the points. Uh, and not a great Everton side at, at that time, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, Calvin Lewin didn't finish the the season particularly strongly after after a decent start. Um, mm. But you know, it's it's a it's a, it's a new new season for us. You know, the team's looking much stronger. Um, Hopefully there won't be any lockdown to get in the way of this season. We can just follow it through and uh, and uh, and play with the confidence that we seem like we're getting back. Calvert Lewin, you mentioned him there. Uh, I mean, you know, he's one goal ahead of Vardy. He, you know, is at the top of the scoring league so far. We're a third of the way through the season, which is mm. scary. Um, mm. <laughs> it really is scary, but. We've got to be worried about him, especially with the way, you know, we, we like I say, we're just losing the defenders. We seem to get the defence on the mend and then, like you say, Evans gets sent off. Um, not sent off, sorry, he gets suspended. He gets booked and suspended. Worried about Calvert-Lewin and our defence? Uh, de definitely. I mean, uh, I've taken that into account into uh, the team formation that, that I've put together that Brendan will ignore. Um, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I mean, you I mean, know, be careful. He does watch and listen to you. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, he uh, he's a, he's a he's a you know for the sake of it, um, an old fashioned centre forward in that he he scores his goals in the box. You know, a six yard box predator almost. And I think that's the key for us. We've got to stop uh, the feed into him. He doesn't tend to create a lot himself, so he does rely on those around him to make the chances for him. Uh, and the number of one-touch finishes that he's had this season speaks for itself. Um, so for me, our main aim to keep Calvert-Lewin quiet has got to be to keep um, those uh, the people who are feeding him quiet, to be honest, in, and uh, and keep him isolated. Yeah. Oh, oh, we did play them a third time last season, and that was the cup game. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the Everton fan does remember the uh, the Nacho equaliser <laughs> at the end, yeah. which which, which took it to penalties. Um, they're, they're fair. I've been there. I was I was in the Bournemouth end when Vardy when we, when Vardy went on his eleven in eleven, and I had to sit there yeah. surrounded by these these really big big Bournemouth fans. But at least you're getting to see the game. At least you know, wherever, wherever you sit. Mm. Um, <sighs> I, I can say, I mean, I, I, I look at Everton. I mean, Everton are very similar to us in the fact that mm. they are one of those teams now. They've probably, like you said, they've had a bit more success, but they, they've always promised so much, yeah. but never quite delivered. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a team that for the majority of their existence, or, okay, maybe going back slightly different, but let, let's say in, in the modern era, um, or maybe the era that we remember. So the sixties onwards, um, you know, and obviously, you know, you, you go back to the black and white days of football, Chris. But from the sixties onwards, um, the leather ball, you know, the <laughs> shadow. 
you know, imagine having to live in the shadow of your of, your, of your, the of the neighbours that you share the city with. You know, for me, it's it's great testament to to Everton and Everton fans that you know they they stick with their team, even though that the the noisy neighbours, as it were, have been winning. And I remember I went up to uh, to Everton for the cup game, uh, probably what three three seasons ago, three four seasons ago. Um, when Musa scored two goals and we knocked them out of the cup, um, I was thinking of getting a, again a T-shirt made that I saw. I saw Musa score two in a game, but you know it was a it was a good old fashioned football ground. Uh, mm. Goodison Park is, and uh, and the fans were great, and uh, they used to be a team that I really really didn't like growing up. Everton and West Ham were the two teams for no for no particular reason, but they were the two teams. Any, a reason for that at all? No, not at all. I think with West Ham, I got fed up of hearing that they were the academy of football about how all their players who came through and played the West Ham way. I just got fed up of, of hearing that. Everton, I don't know why. Um, maybe because they wore blue as well. I don't know. But I never really liked them. I, I've, I've got a little um, more affection for them uh, since I've been up there a couple of times and, and spoke to some of the fans. And it is a proper old-fashioned football club. Uh, a fair play to them, but um, you know we yeah, they they're coming back to life the same way as we are because they've got an established manager who knows what he's doing, uh, yeah. and Ancelotti is doing a great job there. I think you can see that, that what they haven't done uh, is thrown a lot of money. They're, they're thrown some money at it, but they they go through a period like us. They're they're looking to move ground, whereas we're. Uh, put a little lot onto our training ground. They've got a new ground on the way, so I'm sure they're being a little bit cautious in terms of how they spend their money. But uh, but I think it's definitely a team on the up. They have, yeah. I mean, the owner that they've got now. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they change. Um, mm. You know, one or two people. I mean, we, we've got fantastic owners. Mm. I can't, can't say anything other than that. But. It is a different feel to the club than what it was, you know, when we were in the old League One and what have you, and it's harder to get things. But that comes with, you know, the club growing. Um, and Everton, like I say, they're, they're on the brink there. Um, I was I was talking to, to the Everton fan and we were saying that there's all this talk about top six, big six and all this. They're never going to change. If Arsenal get relegated, they'll still be classed as a big six club. Not a top six, but a big six, you know. It's it's a case of the likes of Everton and us making it a big seven and a big eight and expanding mm. it a little bit. But I think before I would say before let's say Pochettino went in at Spurs uh, and had them finishing in the top four on consecutive mm. seasons, I think Everton were thought of as the other big club. You know, it's, mm. it's only that they they dropped off a bit and, and Spurs took their place. Um, they were always classed as a big club, Everton, and, and they are a big club. You know, their history, their their fan base or whatever. But as you say, they've dropped down the rankings. And um, it seems strange now that, that, that we used to have a top four when, um, or, or the big four when it was Champions League places. That's all they were talking about. Now it's you've got to finish in the top six that we now have a big six. Um, mm. You know, if we get more places in Europe, are we going to have a big 12? I, I don't know. It just seems a bit strange. But... You know, there's big clubs, there's big teams. It's where you are in the league that counts at the end of the day, whether you're classed as a big club or not. And I'll I'll take where we are over where Everton are at the moment. 
Yes, and they, they did have that season where they did spend a lot of money. I think it was when Silver came in, and yeah. he, they virtually bought a whole new team, and it didn't work mm. for them. You know, and it's not always about, and we've seen this year with us, it's about quality mm. rather than quantity. It's about a balance, isn't it? Because um, I remember they uh, they had Martinez before um, yeah. before Silva, who's gone on to do a great job at uh, at Belgium. And uh, you know, when we were looking for a new manager, he was somebody that I was quite interested in. Uh, obviously, Rogers was a, was the number one target, and and happy to go and get him, and, and happy that we've got him. But I thought Martinez was a good shout as well. Although Everton fans um, weren't happy with him in the end because he played too much attacking football and they they lost games 4-3 or 5-4 or whatever. So it's about getting that balance. And with Ancelotti, they've probably got someone who's got enough experience to give them the balance. We're in the process of finding the balance, I think. I was about to say exactly the same thing because I was talking to another guy and they 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 weren't keen on Martinez. I went, hmm. Mm. Maybe hindsight, you know, giving him a bit longer. You uh, you never know. But then they haven't got the Belgian national team all playing for uh, all That's playing true. for everything, have they? You know. Mm. So um, a couple of comments here, and I say good evening to Andy. And I was very rude and didn't say good evening before. Dale Twigger, good evening. How is Mrs. Twigger? I hope she's well. She's not joining in maybe because Brad's not in. Um, uh, and he did make this this point earlier. I hope they put a defender on Calvin Lewin and not Tillemans. Uh, yeah. And he followed that up with, and I think he's obviously had a splinter or two in his box backside when he's been to Everton. <laughs> bloody wooden seats. <laughs> but um, I think, how, what would you do with what would you do with uh, Calvin Lewin? Well, for me, I, I, as I say, when we get onto the team that I've picked, I think you've mm. got to make sure. I, I don't think it's about picking him up deep because as i say he doesn't seem to get that involved it's when he's in the box and for me you've got to have contact with him you know you've got to be physical with him when when the ball's out wide and and this is where i i I think we need to to concentrate and stop the delivery into him but your your first point is who's the danger where's the danger and that you need to get touch tight to him and be physical with him he does like that physical battle um And he will try and dominate. You know, he's got a great leap. Um, so, balls in the air. You know, if you're going to give him a free header, he's going to put them away. So, again, I think we need to get tight and get physical. So, I think that's how you deal with Calvert-Lewin. Um, not necessarily by putting somebody on him, but just being aware of him. You were talking before um, before we came live and uh, saying, Leicester, we've, we seem to have moved away from the zonal marking now. Mm. Yeah, it was it was it was great to see. Um, uh, I think we did we started it. I guess I noticed it against Athens that we'd we'd stop the zonal marking, but then again we followed it through to Brighton and uh, we were getting much more physical with them. They got some decent players in the air, uh, Brighton, mm-hmm. but I don't think we actually gave them a free header. Uh, there may have been one, but I don't think we uh, we looked much more comfortable uh, getting touch tight and and sort of grappling with them as it were. You do risk, obviously, you know, uh, one of the stupid refereeing decisions. But we looked more comfortable um, going back to man marking and, and trying to go with runners than just standing there like statues and allow people to get the run on us. You allow somebody like Calvin Lewin to get a run on you, he's going to beat you all day long. So uh, yeah. hopefully we continue that. 
And of course, we've got to think, you know, thank Casper. I mean, you know, Welbeck, he, he likes to score the odd goal against us. Had he got that one early on, we could have been mm. looking at a different game. I think we've had that a few times that we've we've managed to get a, get away with uh, chances that you would expect top class strikers to to finish. And I know it, it pains me a bit where people talk about you know that that one not particularly it wasn't a difficult chance, but where people say that these are difficult chances for strikers, you know, at the end of it, these are people at the top of their profession, they're Premier League yeah. players. They shouldn't be judged by the likes of you and I being a difficult chance, you know. And that mm. one of Welbeck. You know, that, that was, for me, it was a really good save from Casper, but it's what you'd expect. But for me, that's a bad miss rather than a great save. Yeah, I agree 100% on that. We're going to come on to your formation in a minute. But first of all, we we went to about four. You know, Brendan saw mm. the problem. He switched Albrighton and uh, Justin, which was a masterstroke. Um, and, you know, he, he, got a, he got a 10 out of 10 off... Uh, off, off Alan Bennett, our, our match summariser. And we went to a back four. We do look a lot more comfortable and play a lot better with that back four. Is it purely, I know Brendan, you know, they're saying Brendan likes the back three. Do you think he, he does like that back three or do you think it's because, you know, we're basically we've, we've not had enough defenders to play a back four? For me, I, I think it's a little bit of both, but I think his hand has been forced uh, by no not having the strongest two to play. So he's yeah. he's almost tried to cover that by having a three. But what it means is that your your wingbacks get caught out of position, your two side people in your in your three get pulled out, and it's too easy to slip little passes in between. That chance that Welbeck uh, had was because Fafana had come out and it was too easy to to just slide a ball in between the three. And I think it's very it's a similar thing as to when we played uh, two defensive midfielders. There was a period where we played Ndidi and Mendy. I think it was towards the end of last season. And it's like you almost give over responsibility. So Mendy would think, well, Ndidi's got that. He can cover that or, and vice versa. When yeah. it's just a one, like Ndidi, it's his job. It's his area of the pitch. He needs to command it. And I think it's yeah. the same with... When you're playing three, you always think there's cover around because there's three of you, and it's not necessarily the case. When there's a two, you've got to be on your game the whole time and the responsibility is with you. So, you know, it, it worked really well, and I think it's something that uh, he, he definitely needs to look at and go with for me in this particular game, as I said, because the threat is not necessarily Calvin Lewin, but the service that gets into Calvin Lewin. I'm, 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 can't wait to see you. So whether you have gone for a back three or a back four, but keep it to yourself for one minute. We'll take a quick, we'll take a quick uh, ten second break, and then we'll come back and we will have a have a look at you with uh, Brendan's shoes on. Be right back after this. <laughs> Hi, Alan Smith here. Be sure to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester Till I Die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. Of the foxes. Thanks, Alan. So, welcome back. So, again, I always say that isn't anything to do with your formation. That's just the the graphic that I was able to find. But we are going to look at your formation and lineup. While we're doing that, let me just um, say, do just a quick comment. See what the comment is. Um, here we go. Um, Andy Medes. I don't think you can play a back three with Under and Barnes in the team. 
Well, under's not been starting in the Premier League, so we'll see what uh, what Craig thinks about that in a second. So, um, yeah, go on then. Let, let's have a look then. What 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 we're we going for this week then, Craig? Well, we're going for a back four this week. Really, I, I like your style, sir. I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> well, as, as I say, for me, it's it's important to stop um, the supply in from the wings um, to Calvert Lewin. Uh, and if we play with the three, we tend to get caught open down the sides of the three, which would just play into Everton's hands to make sure that they get in behind us and get delivery into Calvert Lewin. So for me, we have to have a back four. And it's an interesting back four. And, and those uh, who join you, in other shows on this channel, may be interested to see this back four. Um, Ooh, so right. I'm, I'm going to shock everyone and go with Casper in goal. Um, yeah. So James Justin on the right, and I on think right, yeah. I think James, yeah, on the right. I think he gives us the ability to not play with two wingers, if that makes sense, because he's such an athlete. You saw that uh, in the Brighton game; he covered so much ground. Now, yeah. when you have a, a, a player like that, it's, it's very similar to, for me, the way that Alexander-Arnold plays for Liverpool. They don't play with an out-and-out right-sided. Salah comes in off the right, but which means he leaves loads of space for Alexander-Arnold to gallop into. And I think that'll, that'll work for us as well with James Justin. As I say, he's a great athlete. He gets it's up and down. He played so many balls into the box. First time crosses as well against Brighton. It was fantastic. So I'm going to have him on the right. The two in the middle, I'm going for the um, little Wes and big Wes. So for me, right. Morgan comes for for, uh, for um, Johnny Evans. And that's because, as I said before, I think we need to be physical with Calvert-Lewin. I don't think we can afford to have somebody who's not prepared for a physical battle and Morgan, he isn't the most mobile. He is an athlete, but what he is, is a good defender when the balls are being put into the box. That's why he's always brought on in the last five, ten minutes of a game. The, the ball seems to get attracted to the size of him. I don't know, maybe it's his own magnetic field that he carries around with him. But, you know, for me, someone like Morgan is more likely to relish the physical battle that Calvert-Lewin will offer. So he's going to be there alongside uh, Wesley Fofana for me. And I'm going to go with Fuchs as left back. So um, I know Brad and Mark, and uh, you can all have a bit of a shock there. I did um and ah about I'm gonna, putting... I'm uh, I'd left for a little bit to let you go through that, but can I... Can I yeah. can, you carry on with why he's in, and then we'll have it before you go into the midfield. I'll come back mm. to you on this one. Because... I mean, I was thinking of putting Luke Thomas in there, but I don't think you can have two left-backs who like to run forward. Uh, and for me, if you've got that on one side, it means that if Wesley uh, Fafana needs to come out to the right, indeed he can slip in and, and fill that gap. On the left-hand side, I'm not sure that would happen so much. So I would prefer someone like a Fuchs, who is a more of an out-and-out -out defender, to be stronger down that side. Uh, and I don't think he... He does get forward, but he doesn't get as advanced as Luke Thomas does. And therefore, for me, if you've got a, a you've got a marauding right-back, I think it, it makes sense to have the left-back on the other side as a proper defensive left-back to stop yourself getting caught out down the side. 
And as I say, we need to stop the service in. So that's why I've picked Fuchs um, to play on the well, left. And you, you eloquently defend your decision there. Um, my worry is with Fuchs, and I, and I love this guy to bits, and hmm. I've got to be honest with you, it was quite funny because um, when we were talking on uh, on Saturday when I was on Talk Sport, um, hmm. uh, it was brought up the fact that we, uh, I, I joked that once you're in the Leicester City squad, you never get out because they were saying you know, Christian Fuchs was trying to leave for three years and <laughs> you know we, we, we won't let him. Um, it's a bloody good job we didn't let him this year because we, we, we struggled. Yeah. But they said he is starting to look. I use the word leggy. They, they, you know, were hinting mm. that he, he's past it. I mean, he is virtually, I think, playing every game. You know, he, he's, he's getting on a bit now. Is he 33, 34, something like that? And yep. yet we are playing this guy. We're not doing it with Morgan, but we're playing this guy twice a week. And he's, mm -hmm. like I say, played more games so far this year than in the past three seasons, or all, all told. Um, I do worry. I think, to me, if if Brendan, and I don't like the back three, but if Brendan goes mm. for a back three, I think Fuchs plays better in that role because mm. he's not needed to go forward and run forward and, and you know, get get back. You know, he, 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 mm. he's, when it's about four, he, he hasn't got that speed. He can get caught out mm. down that wing. If they've got a speedy defender, down, mm. you know, sorry, speedy winger going down that side, he can be caught out. That's my worry with him. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, uh, my alternative would be that you'd play Luke Thomas because I don't think you'd want to switch James Justin to the left and have Mark Albrighton on the right um, because you've got Richarlison coming down that side. So, it, it, for me, well, it's Albright a straight shout. Between... I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so, so for me, it's a straight shout between Fuchs and Luke Thomas. And yeah. what playing Fuchs allows me to do as the manager is to have yeah. more of a solid back four. Uh, as I say, giving Justin the the license to go forward, not asking Fuchs to do that on the left hand side because it, that allows me to play Barnes, yeah. and and, it, and and Barnes has got, has got that role for me down the left hand side. Right. We don't necessarily need it on the right, so I'm not playing a balanced midfield that way because I'm leaving the space for James Justin to go into. Well. Last word, uh, I love playing this, but last word on Fuchs before we move on. Well, I'm with the uh, Leicester City defender, Christian Fuchs, ahead of the, the new season. Uh, you've signed a, a contract extension to, to, to keep you at Leicester. What was, the, what was the thinking behind that? I'm old, not obsolete. I love that. I'm sorry. I, it makes me smile and makes me laugh. And I'll always play that when it gets a mention. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, I say you, you eloquently defended putting him in there. And I, I, uh, I, I can see why you, I know. I'm not against it, but um, I, I personally would, I would have gone Thomas. I agree with everybody else. Uh, for me, it would have been Thomas on that one. Okay, then we're moving forward. I mean, I, I, I like to. It, that makes it sound like you've had a lot of comments when you said you agree with everyone else that Thomas should play. Um, I, I haven't I, actually. I, no, I, no, I, I like. 
No, but I, I like Thomas, and I've made the argument that he should be playing more often. But for me, I'm picking a team for this particular game, yeah. and it's okay. all about making sure that we don't get exposed wide to get service into Calvert Lewin for me. I mean, remember um, with so this, you are the manager, and we as fans are going to have to disagree with you. you know, exactly, you're you're quite within your rights to sit there and boo me. <laughs> okay, so um, midfield, what how, how are you how are you setting your midfield um, out? Yeah, so Ndidi uh, sitting in front of the back yep. four. And then I'm going to have a midfield three of uh, Tielemans, Madison and Barnes. Now, as I said, it may sound slightly lopsided, but to me it makes sense that, that Barnes has that left-hand side to himself because we're asking Fuchs to sit back, but we're leaving the right side open for James Justin to, um, to attack down that side. And then... Um, Having Perez play just uh, almost like a bit of a free roll in behind um, Vardy. Yeah. And then, sorry, you so say you're not going Perez up front? Yeah, so per Perez is in behind Vardy. He's, he's, oh, he's got a free, yeah. free roll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I so mean, it's Madison and then yeah. Perez just behind Vardy. The problem, and it's a good problem to have. And you know, I, 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 the reason that I get you to do this every week because I would hate to do it because it's it's a bit like picking your your your, your fantasy team every week. You're thinking like, oh, if I bring him in, I should drop him, or it, it's yeah. And, I, and exactly. I'll let you make decisions. I mean, that you know, if you look at it, that there is that is an absolutely good team. But then you know, there's I think so. Yeah, <laughs> glad. I'm glad you have the belief in your your decisions. But um, is under is under unlucky. He he is unlucky, um, as I say. And but for me, at the minute, because we haven't got the balance, mm. you know, we haven't got the balance of, of the back four that we would want. It's a gamble for me. You're either playing under or Barnes. I think if you play both, you leave yourself a little bit. Short in the middle um, because neither of them are great at tracking back you know as, as much as you want Barnes to track back I don't think he's got it in him to do it I don't think he's he's tough enough physically not to do it so I would like him to sort of concentrate on, on getting the ball and, and going forward and I think if you've got under on the other side I don't think you, you can then play Perez which means so you've got under, you've got Barnes, you've got Vardy, you've got three players who are not really going to track back. We don't necessarily want Vardy to track back, but I don't think the others will offer you much defensively. So that's why I've I've given uh, under a place on the bench. But uh, I would definitely like to see him getting a bit longer, um, getting a good thirty minutes in games, uh, and seeing what he can do. I mean, they said about Vardy when he played Brighton. I mean, he, I think, I'm sure there's a header off the line, but he, he blocked a shot on the line. And then 10, 15 seconds later, whatever yes. it was, was running up the other foot. And this, uh, I don't know what this guy is on, but I want to bloody buy some of it. I'll tell you uh, <laughs> and, uh, and get it. I mean, under in that game against Athens, I mean, he, he, was, he was on fire. And I know this is going to annoy, okay. annoy him annoy Mark because Mark just doesn't say anything in under. But uh, I am not mm. saying he's, he's the new, you know, Messi or the new Ronaldo. Just on that one game, he had an absolutely, he was, you know, he, he was sublime. Is he not yet ready, do you think, for the, the Premier League? 
Um, I think he is, but I think you've probably got to pick your games. You, you've mm -hmm. you've got to pick pick the games where we're going to be on the on the front foot and and on the offensive and don't really have to worry too much about um, opposition players. Now, you know, you've got Richarlison down that that side. Um, I don't know who's. Uh, I think the left back is probably Holgate at the moment. Um, they're, they're not particularly strong down that left hand side, and it may be that under would be would be good there. But I think you know it's whether it's whether you know he gets in the way of James just a little bit, if that makes sense. It's the same way as I yeah. said that that uh, they don't Liverpool don't tend to play anybody directly in front of Alexander Arnold because that's his space. Um, Salah's always coming in. I think I don't think um, Brendan's found a way of integrating under yet into his team, and I'm not sure he he knows where or when to sort of pitch him in. Yeah. At some point, he's going to get a start. You know, we've got a break now. He was he was playing regularly in the European games, so I think over these games that we've got coming up, I think you'll see him play a more prominent part. Yeah, uh, I, let's face it; it's good that we are sat here with these choices available. You know, in, you and me, like you say, I mean, I remember the black and white leather ball days, but the, there was times in our history when, you know, the, the ele first 11 picked itself, not because they were particularly brilliant, it's just particularly we had nobody else to, to fill. So the fact that we're sitting there saying under Barnes or Thomas Cook, it's a great position to be in, isn't it? It is. It's all. It's always those things where you talk about, you know, and I know you're going to do a special uh, with Mark uh, in the coming weeks as we get close to the, the January window. It's all that, you know, do we buy X, Y and Z? Oh, I'd love to get so-and-so. And then you have to sit back and say, right, OK, who are you dropping out of the team to in this yeah. new player? So, yeah. you know, we've already got that issue now that we can't settle on a team of the squad that we've got. Definitely, we definitely need to strengthen in certain areas. But you're right, it's, it's a great uh, problem for Brendan to have. Obviously, it looks like Damari's um, uh, decided that he's going to go now anyway, so uh, it does I, I, leave I that feeling, side I have a feeling that Brendan might have decided that Damari's going to go. I don't know whether Damari actually Well, uh, you know, by, by all accounts, they offered him a new contract and he refused it. So, um, you know, well, he, he, he had a chance. Some players just don't gel. I mean, I was very excited. I've got a friend down here who's a Birmingham fan who hated me for taking Damari Gray from them. Um, it's interesting to say that they didn't re retire his shirt number when he left, like they do with some players at Birmingham. But, you know, he, he's just... And, and I think with you can say, like, you know, he should have been given his chances, blah, blah, blah. How many managers haven't liked him? It's not just the case that Brendan doesn't like him. Prelnt didn't play him overly you know if he, if he was as good and he fulfilled the potential that we thought he had he should have been a starter mm. you know and the fact yeah. that we bought Barnes back from West Brom to fill mm. a position that you know Gray wasn't nailing down kind of says mm. it all and like I say if it's more than more than one manager thinks it then you've got to think yeah it's not necessarily the manager it's the player um, I think as well the point you made about you know we do, we don't need to just go out and buy players for the sake of it. You know, Man United mm. during the Liverpool glory years, Man United were playing catch up all the time, and they would go out and buy any player almost just to stop Liverpool getting them, but with no idea where they were going to play. I mean, you know, it's the same with with 
the England manager, you know, you should be picking this or you should be backing that. We go out and buy a player, but he wouldn't necessarily fit into Brendan's plans or Brendan's formation of what he sees for the team. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's where um, Liverpool have been so successful. You know, they've bought... Mm. You know, they haven't necessarily bought players that you would have thought are superstars. Mm. You know, Robertson looked really good when he was at Hull and a few play, uh, teams were after him, but not a proven superstar. Um, Salah um, did well, was a flop when he was here with Chelsea. Um, you know, Firmino, I don't know, had anybody really heard of Firmino? What he tends to do is have a way of playing a system of playing and then he'll buy players to fit that system yeah. that's why he spent 40 million on yotta because he knew that yeah. he would fit the system that he wants to play and i think brendan's probably of a similar mind it's not about buying superstars you know off the peg because that that's a gamble you know it's, it's yeah. a gamble that is sorry sorry craig i was talking over you then i apologize sorry. every manager should be doing that they should be buying players not because they're available, not because the fans are saying this is the new guy. You should, they should be buying players that they should say we can, you know, he's going to fit into our system. That's why I'm not eager. You, know, you want me to buy player A, he's not going to fit into the system that, that I am thinking of buying. Um, we we'll say good evening to Larry. Um, how are you doing, Larry? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for clicking on to StreamYard. You can see Brendan playing safe at the back with Wes Fafana and Fuchs in a three. So different to you there, uh, um, yep. uh, Craig. Christian and Thomas bring back Yuri, Wolf and Maddie in midfield with Perez and Varis up front. Perez, great game he had um, again um, in the in Europe. I don't, is it, I don't know what he, he just didn't. The problem is when you're watching a game on telly, if you don't hear them mentioned all the time, a player, you're thinking, oh, what what are they doing? What are they doing? You know, Mendy. Hardly heard of him, um, the other, you know, but he, you know he's doing a good job. Yuri Tillemans' classic was um, against Brighton. I hardly heard him mentioned, but he got on with his job and did it well. And Perez, not all about what, and I know strikers are gauged by how they score, etc. Of course they are, mm. but it's also what they do off the ball. And he was leading defenders away, which was leaving it open for the people to to have shots. Yeah, as, as I've mentioned a few times on here, um, for me, Perez is a very clever player. I think uh, earlier in the season, he got a little bit down when uh, things weren't going for him and he, and he lost his way and he lost his place. But he is a clever player. He receives the ball really well. I mean, the I think it was for the Vardy goal uh, where he, he, he took a, you know, a, a not an easy pass that was played into him, took it down, mm. saw the overlap from James Justin and played it. A perfect ball you know he didn't have to break stride yeah. and that's that's the sort of difference you see that from harvey barnes for instance harvey barnes passing isn't as good it's either behind someone or it's not got the same weight someone like perez that's the sort of classy difference he brings it's not always going to work and he's not always going to have the best game but he has got that quality and i think when he's not being asked to play a role that is out wide which seems unnatural to him then he can get on the ball more and influence the game more. So I think this way, this position suits him. What it'll be interesting for me is, uh, and I touched on it, I think I, I briefly mentioned it when you were doing the post-match show, um, after Brian was 
the performance of Tielemans and Madison together. Now, for me, Tielemans has played much better when Madison has been out of the team. Mm, and I thought it was quite noticeable um, that Tielemans had his quietest game for a long time against Brighton. For me, you know, people say, yeah, he didn't get noticed, but he was there doing his job. I didn't think he did his job particularly well for me. He didn't seem as mobile getting around the pitch. He didn't seem to want the ball as much. It was almost like he was playing in the shadow of Madison. Now, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to see if that happens again. And if it does, then for me, there's a problem with playing the two of them that, that needs to be sorted out. I hope Tielemans has a great game. I hope Madison has a great game and they can play together. But I think it's probably something for people to, to, to just watch and, and have a look out for that. And if I'm totally wrong, feel free to come back in the post-match game uh, with Chris yeah. tomorrow. With Chris, yeah. I, um, I, it's all, you don't want to choose between those two, do you? Because they are probably two of the most mm. gifted players in that team. And the thought of having mm. to leave one out is, is, is not what we want to do. Not what we want to do. Right, we're going to just take another quick break and then we're going to come back and we'll have a look at your classic game, uh, which I'm sure you've managed to find. Um, while we're doing that, guys, anybody that's watching, we're going to be coming on to score predictions after Craig's classic game. So uh, please pop your score predictions in the comments and we'll bring them up and see what you think. And we'll compare them to what Steve Linux, Steve Walsh, and um, Ian Marshall have chosen on the website lestertillidie.com. Uh, we'll be right back with Craig's classic match. Here we go. It's the classic match and... Can I just say, I'm really surprised and disappointed that you didn't pick the Grinch in your starting 11 there. <laughs> well, I'm just, I was just wondering, because you, you, you've you got him there, you're wearing his shirt. I wonder if the Grinch is wearing a Chris T-shirt at the minute. I, I, I sent him a Lester Till I Die T-shirt. Uh, in fact, not so long ago, we did actually have a look at the possibility of producing Lester Till I Die T-shirts. So I don't know. Maybe we'll put it out there that there's enough uh, enough people that want Lester Till I Die emblazoned on their chest. We can maybe get some made up and and sell them. Um, but uh, but yes, I, I I just happen to love the Grinch. It was on the other day I watched it. And we're only ten days off Christmas. We should be uh, getting out there and jingling our bells. Have you jingled your bells recently, Craig? <laughs> Not as, as often as I would like, Chris, I must admit. But uh, hey, hey, what can we do? I don't know. That, is that the cold weather or the age? It's one of them. But uh, but Christmas Moving is coming. Moving swiftly we, on. Yeah, we, <laughs> we need to try and, and, and get things cheered up a little bit. But uh, right. Just, so. uh, just a quick one, Chris, if I may, uh, before we yeah. go on to the team. Um, like you, I received my uh, book from Barry Pierpoint, um, yeah. who, who very kindly put the inscription in that I asked for uh, about um, not holding up a placard with his name on it, uh, which he yeah. took in, in great spirit. Um, so for anybody who is looking for a last minute um, book, a stocking filler, that it really is uh, a fantastic book for any, any Leicester fan in it, and particularly anybody who was... Um, was a Leicester fan during those uh, turbulent years that we had. Um, so I can re 
recommend it to anybody and, and, a, and a shout out and a thank you to Barry for that. Yeah, I I could have paid you to lead me into that because uh, I wasn't going to mention that. But I was going to actually bring something up later, and I'll do it now because you've led me into it very well. I've just started reading it, and already I feel really, really old. We were actually <laughs> going to have um, a, 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 a Letter Till I Die special show, uh, which was about mm. books, and uh, mm. I was going to have uh, Steve Steve Pozon, P-O-S, Steve Pozon, mm. uh, who's, who's got about four or five books out, uh, the what if books, uh, the European tour books, the quiz books. And he was going to go through the books and tell you about each one. And Barry was going to join us as well, and uh, and have a have a little quick push of his book. The problem is that I had quite happily arranged. It was all set up to go. We we're going to do the show, total Leicester City book show, and of course I'd arranged it for Wednesday night. Only sort of <laughs> when I was putting it together and getting some graphics done, I thought. Sure, something is happening on Wednesday night, and uh, of course, yeah, because I'm thinking there's no European show this week because we're not playing. I'll do that show on Wednesday night, and it was okay. And the fact of the matter was that Barry and Steve, neither of them came back, and they went, "Yeah, I can do Wednesday, not a problem." We were <laughs> going to do it. We were going to do it Thursday, um, but unfortunately, neither Barry, Barry nor Steve can do it. But there is a link in the. Um, Leicester Till I Die group on Facebook and on the Twitter at Leicester TID uh, for uh, Barry's book. It is a great read. He's not what you expect at all. I know he's a very Marmite figure. Some people hate him, etc., for what for what he did and what happened. He actually is a really, really, really nice guy. And when you you know when you listen to him as we did on that show, Craig, he you know puts his point across eloquently. And as we all know, there's always a difference of opinions. You know with uh, um in football uh but no it, it is it is an excellent book it really really is well well said sir well said but we might be having that show trying to fit it in between christmas obviously because we've got to think about getting things these things out for christmas let's go on to classic your classic match we, yes so uh i mean for me i mean the, there's a few that i could have gone for as i, I mentioned briefly before um you know, the cup game where I saw Musa score two. I was thinking uh, earlier um, there was a fantastic game. I, uh, where... I, I wish we'd kept Musa. I did. I liked yeah. him. Well, he, he might have got a few games and given Vardy a... We've been able to give Vardy a rest, uh, but who... You know, people want to play football, don't they? And uh, that's the thing. Um, there was a great game, I remember, down at Filbert Street as well when Mark Bright scored a couple of fantastic goals for us. Um, but... Obviously, if you ever listen to Mark Bright these days, he only played for Palace. But um, <laughs> that's another story. Um, so the classic match for me, there is only one. And um, I'm sure you can probably guess which one I may go for, Chris, uh, because there's a little quiz that I'm going to give you on the back of this. So 7th of May 2016. This was the I'm sure you remember that. Oh, no. No, it's not the one I thought you were going to go for. No, I, well, I, I was thinking of a certain match where we just sold Mr. Lineker. All oh, right, okay. Well, you know what? We can talk about that off air because I'll need another game for when we play them later in the season. For me, <laughs> for me, this has to be this has to be the game. Seventh of May, twenty sixteen. The game was almost irrelevant because. It was followed by the lifting of the Premier League trophy. Um, can you remember, Chris, as a as a fan? So the 
7th of May 2016, obviously we had um, the operatic tenor beforehand. Can you yeah. remember, Chris, as the Leicester City fan, the score in that game and who scored? Right, OK. Um, Everton got one. I believe... I believe we got three, but it should have been Indeed. four. It should have been mm -hmm. four. Vardy missed a goal, which ultimately cost him the golden boot or a share of the golden Indeed. boot because it left him missed one behind Harry Kane. Uh, mm. He got a penalty and he missed a penalty. My One of my all-time favourite Leicester City players, a certain uh, Andy King, got one. Mm -hmm. And there's a classic picture of him sort of um, in the downpour because it did, it did piss down yeah. at one point. And in that slide. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm doing well. Give me credit here because I, I am, and I'm not Googling it because my hands are here, so I'm not Googling. I am struggling. <laughs> did Vardy get two? Well, all, all I can, all, is that your answer, Chris? Can I take that as your final answer? I, I don't think I've done too bad. If I only get miss one of the goal scores, I, I'm going to go for that, yes. You're quite right. Vardy got two. Yeah. Andy King got one in a 3-1 win. I, I would have given you a bonus if you could have told me the Everton scorer. Um, no. <laughs> God, no. I've, I've no idea. It, it was a late, head, you know. Exactly. It was a late consolation from Kem, Kevin Morales. But as I say, for me, that will always be the game against Everton that, uh, that I remember the whole day and and you know people talk about um the fact that it was a bit of a shame that we didn't win the game uh we didn't win uh, the premier league on our own turf by winning a game but for me you look at that the, the fact that we won it in the week when uh chelsea got that great draw against spurs meant that we had the opportunity to arrange everything that happened on that day you know, that yeah. day from start to finish was just something that will live in the memory. Um, Andrea Bocelli uh, um, singing uh, alongside um, uh, Claudio. Everything that was done that day, it just allowed us to enjoy the day rather than be in the middle of a game hoping that we won the game and we won the league. Yes, it would have been great relief at the final whistle, but we wouldn't have had that whole day of looking forward to going down to the ground, you know, knowing that we'd won it and we were going to get the trophy at the end of it. So uh, I think, you know, in hindsight, I think it was a great way. Can I ask you a question then on the back of that? Yeah. And it's not a test question. I won't do that to you. But I was quite, I mean, I don't care how we win it, to mm. be honest with you. Um, and I think had we needed, because we'd got Chelsea as the last game, and that yeah. was never, and it was at their place, and that was never going to be sort of a pushover, and it wasn't. We got a draw mm. in the end. Great Danny Drinkwater strike. He wasn't. He wasn't knocking anybody out on that game, was he? But no. um, I, I just think the fact that we'd won it released the shackles mm. a little bit. And I know in, yeah. in the past we did that once in the past, and Brighton went and stuffed us after we'd won the uh, the championship. <laughs> I think I think the players were hung yeah. over. But it, it meant we could relax more and it was another great performance. And I think had we needed to win that, knowing that, say, that Chelsea was coming up, uh, and I know yeah. that it wasn't a classic Chelsea side, but I, 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 know, I, was just, I just wanted to win it. I didn't care how. And I think, like you say, 
that yeah. brought Leicester. Yeah, it showed the the, the the world, if you like, how we we organised that. That was that was brilliant. You know, let's say bit, but yeah, I've got to totally agree with you on that. I think I think we would have got the result if we'd have needed it because that's how we played all season. You know, when we needed <laughs> to grind something out, we we managed to grind something out. What I would say is because it was almost we we almost won it twice. You know, we had that great youth euphoria of, of uh, Eden Hazard's goal going in for the draw and the final whistle at Stamford Bridge and in that draw we could all enjoy that moment town went crazy in those old-fashioned days when you used to be able to go into town and mix with other people and um, you know and then we had the day itself so we, we in many ways we we won that trophy twice and we had two opportunities yeah. to um, to celebrate so uh, yeah so uh, that Got to be the classic Everton match for me. I don't, I don't care what people say that you know, Eden Hazard won it for us. Eden Hazard got a goal that took us no. across the line. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd we'd played thirty six other games before that that had got us to that mm. position. You know, um, yeah. and I I always make me laugh because I mean Spurs. That was that was the day when Spurs just totally imploded, and. You know, it, I, I often, to be honest with you, I often watch it back and it comes up as sort of one of the most disgusting games ever played in the Premier League because of all the fighting and what have you. And I forget who was the ref that day, but he... I think he came out and said, yes, it was. It was. And he actually came out and said, I wasn't going to book any players or send any um, Tottenham players off because they were never going to blame me for costing them the title. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, you know, I mean, they, they imploded anyway. But, Andy, I think I was with you there. I was slightly intoxicated that day. In, <laughs> I I was actually, I because I, I hadn't got, you know, tip, this is typical me, right? I had a season ticket for the Great Escape. Yeah. Mm. I, I live in Paul, three and a half hours away, seven-hour return journey, travelling up every, every home game back. Up, back, up, back, see us lose, see us lose, see us lose. And we still did it. And I thought, you know what? I can't do that again next season. <laughs> Gave my ticket away. <laughs> and could I actually get a ticket for that game? At one point, and you know, like you know, Everton fans were selling tickets and what have you, and I was just about on the on the process of um getting a ticket from um, an Everton fan for like 70 quid or something stupid. Mm. And this was like the day before. And, and, a, and, a good, and a good friend who had connections at the club, let me say, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, managed to get, get me a ticket. My only disappointment was that my son was coming up to the end of his uni year and he just couldn't spare the time to come with me and, and tell him. But I celebrated the guy next to me who I'd never seen before, never seen since. I had absolutely no idea who he was. But my God, we loved each other and hugged that day, you know. <laughs> and Larry's saying Chelsea lost a good start to the midweek games. <laughs> oh, I, I, it was one 0 to Chelsea when I last saw it. So no, that's, that's excellent. They, I don't even know who they were playing. To Wolves. be honest with you, Wolves. Wow, it's it's yeah. a weird season, isn't it? It is totally a weird season this year. You don't know. Mm. Who, well, look look at our season, you know. But um, right, let's just have another quick break. We have 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes, 10 seconds, and then we're going to come back and you're going to predict the correct score for me, Craig. 
Hi, this is Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for watching and listening. Have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. No, no, nobody got the score prediction right last week. We all went. Three of us went for wins, uh, but none of us got. None of us got the actual score right. Brad was the closest. I'm going to be honest with you with a with a three one. Um, and let me just say, yeah, I, I think don't think yeah. got to do. You always go do something different. You always go with a three two. But let's have a look what we've got up here. We've got um, uh, Steve Walsh has gone two one. Um, to Leicester, Steve Linitz, and there they come, has gone 1 1. Ian Marshall has gone 2 2, and I have gone 2 2 as well because I think you know, Everton, I think it will be a good barometer of where we're going this season. Um, would you have gone 2 2 now that you've heard my amazing team selection, Chris? So you're still still sticking with I two teams. I can't guarantee that Brendan's going to put that team. If Brendan's going to put that team out, I would have gone four 0 Leicester. I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a two one. Two one. Okay. Yeah. Um, you used to sit in front of me in SK3. I've had a couple of season tickets around the place, uh, Andy. Uh, so quite, quite possibly, quite possibly. Did you not? You should have flicked me on the head and said hello. But um, and Andy has gone. He's gone. He's agreed with me. Obviously, great brains think alike. Two two. But uh, we shall. I'd, I'd love. Let's say I'd love it win. If we win, I think it is a good sign of where we have come this season. But uh, just quickly before we go, and we are going to go in a, in a second. We, we've we've been nattering as we always do for these. They do um, they do uh, go on. Once you get talking about Leicester, we could be here all night, couldn't we? But let's have a look at the uh, foot in both camps. Five players, managers, etc., that have uh, had an association with both teams. And let's see. Uh, you'll probably know all of these. I've got to be honest with you. But let's have a look. Even the Everton fan have forgotten about Yakubu. <laughs> <laughs> There's one, uh, one other one uh, that I put in there, and uh, who was was a great player for us, and I think we ended up selling him to Everton, and that was uh, Ian Wilson. Um, mm. I'm sure, I'm sure he left us to go to Everton, but uh, he was a great player for us, Ian Wilson. Yeah, I, I admit him. I always like that little bit of uh, of a mm. thing there. Just to say, yeah, they went, they went, and of course Lineker. Who, 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 can, who can forget him going? Craig, as always, yeah. it's been a pleasure. My pleasure too, Chris. I'm glad you said that, otherwise I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> let's, hope, <laughs> um, let's hope we do get that win tomorrow. And uh, if the Chelsea lost, I mean, all the games went for us next week. Uh, sorry, all the games went yeah. for us at the weekend. Let's hope that's going to happen again. Um, next week, see you next Tuesday, as they say. I want to see you with a with a Christmas. I want to see you festive, Greg. Well, well, I think Chris, uh, you'll probably see me on Thursday. I will. That is so good. Thank you for reminding me of that. I've got it on my notes, but that's on if the next card. 
<laughs> yeah. So, guys, if you join us tomorrow night at uh, 20, about half 10-ish, I think, just after half 10, we'll be doing the post-match show with uh, Brad and X-Fox Julian Watts again. He'll be joining us, which is always good to see the two sort of fans view of the game and a professional's view of the game. That's always great. And then on Thursday, we're back. The two Ronnies of Leicester till I die. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and we're going to be looking at the Spurs game. They're coming thick and fast. They are indeed. And uh, that, that's, going to, that's going to be a real uh, barometer, I think, of where we are this season. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, all I can say is it's always almost the same, but see you next Thursday. Yes, indeed. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Craig. You take care of yourself. So thanks a lot to, to Craig there. Um, yeah, we've got Everton tomorrow, and then we've got Spurs, which I said right at the start, uh, got my dates mixed up. Spurs are going to be popping up on Sunday. Um, but maybe, may, hey, maybe they'll catch us. Maybe they've come for us, and they've finally caught us. We will see. We'll see. But it's Everton tomorrow. Uh, don't forget, 6 o'clock kickoff. It's on Amazon. If, you've gone, if you haven't got Amazon, get your free uh, Prime uh, month's trial and, and get on the watching. It's really, really good um, good coverage that they're doing, in fairness, if it works, as uh, one or two people have said it doesn't. But uh, I, I had no problems with it at all. So we'll be back after that, like I say, with Brad. And just to let you know, starting with the Spurs game, it's a bit too late to try and fit it in tomorrow. But like with um, the chase and an extra chaser, we have got an extra presenter joining us. A gentleman called Josh. We are going to be doing a new show, which is going to be the pre-match show. So he got used to Brad with the post-match show. This is Josh with the pre-match show. So we'll be doing that half an hour before kickoff, um, just for 30 minutes, because obviously we're going to go and uh, watch the game when they kick off. Uh, but by then we'll have seen um, who will be... Uh, the team, and we'll be discussing that, uh, the team and the formation, etc. So watch out for that on, on Sunday. But don't forget, if you've enjoyed it, get onto YouTube, subscribe, give us a like, and give the bell a little tinkle, dilly-dong, dilly-dong, as they say. Uh, Spotify, Apple, and all the rest of the other podcasts, we are on there. Although all down the side, down the side, that side there, that's where you can find us. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your comments. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it as always. And we'll see you tomorrow night post-match with um, Brad and with Julian. Take care, guys, and don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. And sit down. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.